0: Geek shock Geek shock. Well, I, there's I am plenty gonna, of
1: barbecue options out there. Oh yeah,
0: no, there's there's some really good ones here in town now. And <laughs> but I am going to send away for the uh, the Mike's barbecue sauce and. Uh, uh, dry rub. Murfreesboro, right? Yeah. Murfreesboro, 17th Tennessee? Street, Murfreesboro, Illinois. Illinois. Okay. Uh, 17th Street Barbecue. That
1: Murphy got around. Right. There's a bunch of those. Used to be Memphis Barbecue here in Las Vegas.
0: Yes. But the original restaurant that Mike started was 17th Street Barbecue in Murfreesboro, Illinois. So and and it was Because that's where you got the Ap- Apple City Barbecue team name right. from. So multi- restaurant, but multi-championship winner. Yes. 1717 one seven barbecue, one seven is, the, is the website. That's in some case I want it. Well, well, Barry case, would approve case, of that. In case you are in that area, in that area of Illinois, and want to go to Murfreesboro, Illinois, and have some of the best barbecue. There's another. They have one more, more location up there that's Illinois, but I can't remember the name of the city.
1: Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number five hundred and fifty nine. I'm Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff, barbecue K, and we're here to talk barbecue. Um. Memphis Championship Barbecue is one of the best barbecue places to ever grace Las Vegas. It was (laughs) right because they have they shut down. They sold off a year ago. They shut down a bunch of locations, and then sold off the rest of them to other places. Yeah, they're not here anymore, literally. But online, Jeff's telling me that you can have it overnighted, some ribs or some pulled pork.
0: Well, I mean other things, but that's just the two that I I mentioned off the top. Yeah,
1: and my response is that's great. But I don't think I ever miss a barbecue place so much that I, I, I would have to get that food shipped to me when there are other really good, in fact, a couple that are better barbecue places in Vegas already. Why, why would I wait for the shipment to arrive when I could just go down to Roll Smoke or Lucille's? Or yeah, let's Bell's. do
2: that tomorrow. We'll just go down.
1: <laughs> well, I'm talking about pickup. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. t- How do you
2: do the alt- the, 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 the ever-flowing basket pickup
1: i don't do ever flowing baskets well you should <laughs> uh, listen, that's the only reason to go there listen he's talking about rolling smoke great <laughs> great place here in las vegas they have an unlimited option yeah i made uh, just what jeff does every time he goes in there you yeah. sit down and you stuff yourself with as much barbecue and sides as you can for a single price and nothing's off the table anything no, on the yeah, menu any, you can have ev-
0: everything on the menu is you want open catfish to you. you can have catfish yep
1: and of course, in in this time of COVID and pickup, that's not so much the option. But right. you understand, Kay, The first time I went there with him, yeah. I did it, and yeah. I'm like, I'm never doing this
0: again. Yeah, oh. he, he got like what halfway through the second plate, and you were like, too, yeah. too much.
1: Yeah, my my, my stomach cannot do that. Well, it's, I will. It, it, tell it wants you, to do
0: that. I I. It's still a lot of food, but I will tell you, they have changed it. They give you like tiny portions of everything now okay so like it used they, to be yeah
1: they used to give you the full thing he's like yeah oh you want ribs you a full here, here's, a, here's a half rack of ribs yeah you want some pulled pork here it is the big old full yeah size that, dollar. That,
2: i mean that makes sense because i remember when i went i was like well this isn't a lot but then i was like well i just go get more yeah,
0: exactly yeah yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah you saw it the last time you were there with me that, yeah. yeah i'd got the, all you can eat and and like the regular sized sides that they serve with the the normal plates that you purchase that are not the all you can eat, it's half that size. So, like you got this little soufflé cup of baked beans or collard greens versus like the actual good sized side. So
1: I just don't think I have the appetite I used to have.
0: Yeah, well, no, well, I, I yeah. don't. I don't either. And 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 now getting the all you can eat, it's more about just getting a variety.
1: Sure, I get one entree of the things that I know that I want. If I even finish that buffets are are now like hmm that seems like a waste of money oh, now I because i mean whenever they come back one day uh I haven't but buffets done, in general oh is like
0: i haven't done buffets in, uh, in fact the last time i did a buffet was a year ago and my dad was in town and he wanted to go to the buffet and i'm like you know, you told me to remind you next time you're in town that when you and you want to go to a buffet to remind you that last time we went to a buffet you only got like two half plates and we're done yeah. so And he's like, well, you know, but I I really want some all-you-can-eat crab legs. I'm like, all right. So we went to a buffet that had all-you-can-eat crab legs. Crab Crab legs legs I can understand because
1: it takes a lot of crab legs to make meat.
0: Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's like, you're right. I don't think I'll do a buffet anymore. Although he does love going to, oh, what the fuck is that That really popular buffet in, I, I, in the Midwest? Um, I don't know. Well, they have one here. It's just down the road from you, Golden Corral? Yeah, Golden Corral. He loves going to Colton Corral. Ooh, Golden Corral. I love Corral.
1: subpar food. Why not?
0: He, like, it's so funny. Like, he, he always comes up with these weird explanations why. He's like, I love going to Golden Corral because easy I can get the prime rib. They cut me a good piece. I can have two pieces of prime rib, and it's cheaper than going to a steakhouse. And I'm like, but you could go to a steakhouse and get a really nice one with some really nice <laughs> exactly. sides and not pay the buffet price. And he's like, well, but, you know, if I want to go back for another piece of... A prime rib, I could still do yeah, it on my... Yeah, sure.
2: I, you you gotta got admit, you he, know?
0: He comes up with weird justifications I'll just, for that. I'll just so. make plates of meat at buffets.
2: Although but, the, the, the the last buffet I did was Bacchanal, so, you know, that's just...
1: Well, yeah, that's, that, that's super fancy fun time. Oh, that's a whole different yeah, creature.
2: Oh, yeah, it was fun.
1: But, uh, but going back to the original subject, why would I send for these ribs slash pulled pork mm-hmm. when there were other amazing barbecue places in the United States I haven't tried yet, why wouldn't I just try a new place that's supposed to be awesome that I've never had?
0: I'm not telling you what to do. It sounds like you're trying to tell me what to do. I'm you what to do, Jeff. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm saying branch wow. out. If, if you want to explore ribs by mail.
0: <laughs> Dude, I have been to almost every barbecue place in town. Don't tell me I don't branch out. I yeah. love trying new barbecue places. That's right. And sadly, some of the ones I fall in love with close down that's in like just the a way year or two. Just the way it goes. Well, everything's
2: yeah. getting destroyed. But that's okay because... I mean,
0: more more so this year than in any previous year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just just the nature of the beast.
1: I, I think my saddest loss was something that I just discovered, and I you know it's been around. I just finally got my got a chance to get over there and check it out, and fell in love with it. And I know I, I'll. There's no way they can survive this, and that is Meepleville, over on oh, the yeah, other yeah. side of town, oh, which is a man. board game cafe. Right? Yeah. Uh, which cafe is a very thin word? They sure. have you know uh, sandwiches and energy drinks. Yeah. But their board game selection was absolutely jaw-dropping. And uh and I was like, oh, I can't wait to come back and try some of these. And then a month later this all happened. Yep. So that I I wish the owner of that well in hopes that once this is all done, he can make another play at it.
0: I gotta say it's weird that like Millennium Fandom Bar, like they're able to be open now, but the owner is Keeping it closed, and I, I like his reason for it, but I just I don't understand how financially he can do it. Although supposedly he's independently wealthy, so well, that's probably why he can do it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> hmm, his, his let's connect the dots. His reasoning for not reopening it is because he's like with social distancing that's really kind of the, the whole reason for our bar is to be social and to have those connections with people. And Unlike it's like, other I don't bars. Feel like, yeah, well.
2: <laughs> well, you know, no, it's... it's it, Alex is responsible. True. He's, you know, and... Hey, bless his heart, but uh, yeah, he's independently wealthy. He he, he can weather it. And uh, not, for you know, I don't think bars should yeah. be open and I certainly no. have contempt for people who are dying to go to bars and are and 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 going to bars when they do open, but I I still feel bad for the bar owners because they sure. they that's that's one of the biggest kicks in the balls. The, the, Restaurants, the, the, bars, I mean, and bars even more, because you- you, uh, They make all
0: their profit off of alcohol Well, there's there's
2: not a lot of room for pickup at bars, (laughs) considering the laws of most counties in the United States. So, you know, it's just, you're fucked. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when people say, well, that's why we need to open up. I'm like, no, that's why you need to write your congressman and say, get some stimulus going. Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah, it's Absolutely. not going to happen. Yeah, but I know.
1: Bars are... I've opened up because they have to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because the owners are going to go bankrupt otherwise. F- because yeah. there's no... Nothing to protect them from financial death. Right.
0: Not right. to mention the employees that... And real death, that, for that matter. Yeah, because not to mention the employees that have to go back to work because... Yeah. And know. if you
2: implemented a good, a sound, get everybody assistance, I guess like what Canada's yeah. done, and then... You, you have your small businesses file for rent and whatever, whatever the, the utilities, whatever they got to do to keep up their business so it's not so mothballed, you know, it's a dusty, rusted wreck when we finally do open up again, sure. th- then you could take care of business. But instead, you know, let's give billions to banks and then the banks pull a fuck you job. And
1: yeah, it's, you, you have to have leadership from the top. And you have to and something that pulls What's everybody that? on board. What's yeah, that? Exactly. What's that's that's that? in Canada only,
2: apparently. Yeah. That sexy guy who got involved in some scandal, I heard. Something about that. Some <laughs> scandal, something. I don't know.
1: Maple Leaf Matt's making a football army out of it. <laughs> 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 so gentlemen, let's let's get on to the, the the topics at hand. What geeky things you do
0: this week? Finished off boys. Yes, me too. And I
1: heard that had a hell of an ending.
0: It did have a hell of an ending. Yeah. And uh, wow. I can um, do anything I want. I can do anything <laughs> I want. That's that wow. was. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those who have seen it will know what we're talking about. Those that haven't seen it yet we're are lucky. Wait. Till, <laughs> wait till you do. <laughs>
1: I'm excited. I'm excited. That's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. It was uh, it was yeah. a really good finale. I can't wait for season three. They're doing,
2: They're. I think they're doing, I've, I think I've said this before, we've said this before, they're doing a wonderful do- job of departing from the comic. Yeah. Because this thing is rapidly, is rapidly associated with the comic in IP, and that's pretty much it. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and Garth Ennis doesn't have a problem with the direction no, it's taken. No, in fact, he he's, yeah. he has creative input on a lot yeah. of that stuff too, so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, well.
1: I, it's it's kind of neat, because how rare is it? Yes. That you have a fantastic comic and then you have a fantastic thing based on the comic, but they're so dip- different yeah. that you can enjoy both Absolutely. at a high level. Yes. Absolutely. Because yes. usually it's one or the other. It's like, oh, they made this awesome movie from this crappy comic, or they made this. Crappy movie from this really cool comic. Check out the comic, but if you want to see the movie, it's, it's give or take. With the boys, it's like, I really enjoyed the boys. Now see this alternate universe that's just as yeah. awesome on the other side.
2: And, now and, the crappy comics made in the crappy movies, hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And, yeah. and
0: not to mention, casting is everything <clears throat> in, amen. A, in, a, in a series like this. And wow, did they pick an amazing group of actors yeah. to portray these characters because each one of them owns their parts. Yeah. And they do it so well. Even even the actors that have to play the, the more despicable traits of their character do it without any kind of, I wouldn't say reservation, but without any kind of visible dis- disdain for yeah. what the, they're actually doing. It's, I mean, it's they, funny
2: to see promo of like panels and stuff with anthony Starr because yeah. he always looks like he's just having a fucking ball
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> which is just like wow your guy is so
3: fucking awful
0: yeah so awful but yeah uh, yeah i can't i literally cannot wait for season three because i really there there's some open storylines i guess i'll just put out that how are they going to address this in the next season and they're
2: already I mean they're already talking about
0: uh, yeah they've
1: already announced a spin-off yeah so about basically the the X-Men of the Boys universe that's funny
2: that'll be very funny how they do that i i i i figured that's where you would logically go but i didn't figure they'd actually do that so hey all right all right so hey anyway
0: but yeah, so. He's doing that because I told him to be, be louder. <laughs> but what what wonderful twists, though, throughout this season. Yeah. Like little things that, you know, they and they totally get you. They set you up down a path where you think you know where you're going, and then all of a sudden it takes, you know, yeah. a hard left or a hard right, and you're just like, okay, mm-hmm. I did not see that coming.
1: Modern television has figured that out yeah. as
0: far as I'm concerned.
1: It's rare now that I see a show whether it's genre or otherwise, where I'm like, oh, I knew that where that was going all the time, and yeah. there were no real surprises. It was fun, but but
0: they're, you know, it was pretty rote A to B. Yeah. That's rare now. I, real rare. I mean, yeah, especially like 70s, 80s, 90s, they would did the real heavy foreshadowing, where like as soon as something goes brought, brought up, they're like, well, that was really non-sequitur. I wonder what that's setting it up for later. And then you're like, yep, and there it is. And In these new series, especially like a couple times this season in The Boys, it's been like real, real, real subtle foreshadowing. Like Sometimes it's stuff that's going on in the background that you're not even consciously paying attention to that pays off like two or three episodes later. And you're just like, whoa, wait, where did that come from? And then you have to go back and watch the episode. It's like, oh, shit, it was right there in front of me the whole time. And
1: I think that's the key in this, isn't it?
0: Because everything is so rewindable.
1: Everything is recorded. And in what? Either you're streaming it, or you're putting it on your DVR, or you're watching it off of disc. Yeah. Nobody, except for of course movies, right, is going to just watching things as they happen.
0: Yeah, and yeah, kudos to to them for for this series.
1: Nobody I mean, watches HBO on time anymore. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you know, and I hate to say it, that's why they came up with HBO Max. What it's they like, uh. You know,
2: what's the term for it now? Television by appointment. <clears throat> oh, yes, I that's think
0: it. is when
2: people actually watch something when it when it is on a specific release. 8 p.m. on
1: CBS Wednesdays. Right,
0: right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very happy with the, the first and second season. Yeah. Um, I also watched the first season of another uh, Amazon Prime series called Utopia.
1: Tell me about Utopia.
0: Uh, it's a really interesting series. Uh, stars uh, John Cusack, um, Rain Wilson, and it's the setup is there is a rare comic book sequel. There's a rare comic book that was released apparently like in 2014, and then some young couple discovers the sequel to it that's never been published, but it's got this really heavy cult following for the original comic. And so there's an auction that goes on for this new comic book. And it's, it's kind of this whole notion where it's a really kind of twisted comic book and the people that are trying to purchase it and eventually, you know, I I won't get into real heavy details on who and who doesn't purchase it, but discover that all of the stuff that's in the comic book is real so it's like all these conspiracy nuts that have been saying, like, "Look, this is this is related to like you know the Zika outbreak, and this is you know it's like all these these viral outbreaks and chemical spills and this whatever that, that, that a appear modern in the comic Yeah, exactly, and and it's like, well, what if all of that was actually real, but not exactly as depicted in the comic book? And uh, it kind of goes from there. Fantastic acting again. I think it's cast really well. I can't say too much more because it's a brand new series, and I don't really want to give away. Because I'm I'm literally trying to edit myself in my brain while I'm talking about it. I appreciate so it. I don't give because there's some subtle things that I could easily drop, and then it would it would ruin it for anybody. So okay. so it is um, one of
1: the things that the less you know going in, the better. yes
0: okay. yes I I feel like that's it's the the less you know the better. But but you are uh, liking it. I am like I've already watched it, oh, so all eight finished. episodes. I finished you're it, finished. all okay. eight episodes. It's another eight episode Amazon series. So, um, but yeah, all all eight episodes are up. Um, so you don't have to wait like with the boys. You have to wait. Well, I think they dropped the first two episodes, and then it was each week after that. So that's one. Um, also, Disney Plus launched their uh, the Right Stuff series this uh, this last Friday, and unfortunately, they dropped two episodes, and then it's going to be one episode a week every Friday for the next however many weeks semi appointment so. television
2: makes it kind of hard to join and then cancel doesn't it
0: it was it was yeah, only two wait till it's done. what mm-hmm. 42 wait till it's done. 44 minute episodes so else i can't say too much about how i you know what i think about it um it is starting off kind of slow uh they are just like the with the 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 book and the movie they're focusing on the mercury 7 I I don't know if it's going to be addressed in later episodes, but they're less in these first two episodes at least. They have less addressed the the Air Force test pilots that continued to push the boundaries while NASA was getting its footing underneath. So they don't really get into like the X X fifteen project and you know, like the Bell X-1 that you you see in the movie. So So, so, at least not in these first two episodes.
1: Okay, because what you're explaining to me is that they've taken this movie and are expanding it to a TV show, but they're tightening down what they're talking about.
0: At least in these first two episodes. I don't know if it's going to change. And unfortunately, there haven't been any previews for following episodes, like like on the next, you know, whatever. So um, I'm withholding judgment on it until I get further into the series because I love the book and i love the movie mm-hmm. and you know the book and the movie have varying depictions of what went on in the early space eight, uh space race and which one's right i don't think either of them is 100% <laughs> accurate to be honest because it's it's fast what i do like that that is fascinating about what they have done so far is they are kind of in these first two episodes focusing on the fact that, you know, these are America's heroes, you know, at that time that they were out at, they were, you know, introduced to the public, but they didn't address the kind of the shady nature of a lot of test pilots. You know, that the, you know, the, you know,
1: those test pilots,
0: well, you know, the, the, the ongoing adultery and, you know, the heavy Mm -hmm. boozing and, and in some cases drug use, these are men that, are getting into multi-million dollar aircraft. Sure, and Chuck Yeager
1: had a cocaine problem.
0: Well, no. No, he didn't. It, he may have had other issues, but that, that he, wasn't one he of them. He ones. lied it was when he broke his <laughs> rib. Actually, uh,
2: interesting phenomenon uh, TV show I watched a long, long time ago. They were talking about fighter pilots at the end of World War II coming back as adrenaline junkies. Yeah. And that's where your biker culture originated because they were ex-fighter pilots who basically motorcycles if they weren't getting back in the planes they had mo- a
1: need for speed
2: yeah motorcycles yeah. were kind of where it was and it at, at first it was just ex-pilots on motorcycles until it became you know it, the whole crime and until,
1: use until the cocaine and heroin started
2: yeah you you keep going back to that Todd. <laughs> they I'm keep under. going back to it that's <laughs> the problem but yeah so you know the sh- the shady nature of it it's fun because I, I used to hear the weird things about like the astronauts and like polyamory and yeah. all of that stuff well the it, well the test pilots i should say is
0: what i meant it's it's it's, it's one sexy, of those weird then. things it's like in the industry like in the air force everybody knew it was going on but you didn't talk about it sure and it was like as long as you didn't uh, <laughs> we call that the 50s yeah well <laughs> and it, i always found it amazing it's like you know it's like even like they're uh, commanders in the different bases they were on, they knew it was going on, but as long as you didn't And that's
2: get that, that, that ultra yeah, a it was, major yeah.
0: article in the, the military right. code of justice. Yeah. And it was like as long as you didn't get caught or it wasn't uh exposed to the public, they didn't care as yeah. long as they were, you know, Discount. flying these planes and stuff. But you know, it's 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 it always fascinated me the, the kind of damage it was doing to the families they had at home because it was like, I love my family, I love my children, I love my wife, but I'm still going to go out and cheat on her a- any chance I get. See, that's it was why always they, that weird. That's
1: why the military types hated the free love late 60s because they were doing out in the open what they were trying to hide in the closet. Right.
0: But yeah, it, just, it always amazed me how much of that stuff they, they hid and it comes out, you know, years or sure. decades later well
2: you know you get your own little subculture going right that that ends for one reason or another you get kind of isolated become your
0: own thing
1: yeah pokemon cards am i right weird <laughs> shit like that
0: happens pokemon go we know <laughs> we know all about you andy poke and go <laughs> poke and go oh boy
1: uh, I did, I, this week I got to see the Invisible Man finally, the oh. the new version of the Invisible the Man, the Bloomhouse one, the Bloomhouse version. Absolutely good,
0: yeah, isn't it great? Boy, is that
1: good, yeah,
0: absolutely good.
1: <laughs> yes, that was two sentences two sentences it became one, but I'll take it. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's a, a a fantastic treatise on gaslighting, right through and through. But man, it is well designed, well well structured, and I can't see them making a sequel out of it
0: no um yeah i mean uh, it, you
2: can't see <laughs> i saw what he did i there. mean
0: there there is a slight window opening for a sequel but based on based on how it ends. and i don't want sure. it it's the movie's not quite a... it's well what's 8 months old cuz i can, it came out like right before the lockdown but it
1: doesn't scream for one it yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. need one it's yeah. a, it's a really good standalone movie supreme example of tension
0: yeah oh the the, the whole movie was
1: tense like yeah. all the way through so, and yeah i i can't uh say enough about it it's it's excellent so if you haven't seen the invisible man um yeah and it was, what
0: a, and what a cast on that too i mean yes amazing cast everybody in that
1: universal kind of fluffed the ball when it came to the why are, we, why are you looking at me like that, Kay? I'm, I'm they not, fluffed the ball. I don't they, even... Like they, they cradled sh- and tickled it a little? Yeah, are, really, were you held to, They held like it like a little bird. They, they put the ball in their mouth and jiggled around for okay. a while with the whole dark universe concept yeah. that they had. Right. Uh, giving it over to Blumhouse to just yes. reimagine these things for a modern time. Absolutely. If this is the first salvo, I can't wait to see what else they do with it. Honestly, it's like, right, I think right.
0: it's the best decision they made, especially with that, because I I do love the kind of weird supernatural elements that that went on in the classic Universal monsters, right.
1: directed by the guy that wrote all all the Saw movies.
0: Yeah, but I do like Blumhouse's take on it. It's like, well, how would how would this happen in the modern day and age? You know, and 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 there's there's some science behind it too, because there are different types of quote unquote, invisibility cloaks that are being worked on, you know, light refraction um, materials that have cameras on one side and, and reflect that through like led projectors on the other side. I mean, it's it's it's, horror, but it is sci-fi horror. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, wow, the technology that's in this is quite a bit further ahead than, than we are right now. A lot of it is still in the realm of possibility based on what we have right now. Like, it might be five, ten years away.
1: I have to say, Blumhouse, I don't know how they're doing it. But even their worst releases are still quality films.
0: Yeah, and they're doing them on, like, ridiculously low budgets for Hollywood yeah. movies.
1: They they never fluff the balls. Yeah. I don't know if they're, I like
2: They're not that. fluffers. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. I'm not sure how I feel about
1: that. Now, I know they've, they signed that contract with Amazon. Now they're yeah. making shows and movies just for Amazon. Haven't right. seen any of those. Those have started coming out. There's like two out. Um, One's a thriller. In fact, both of them seem more thriller than horror. But I haven't watched them to know for sure. And which ones are those? Oh, I you don't I remember their not names. Not off the top of your head. All I, know okay. is, all I know is Amazon says, check it out. It's new from Blumhouse. And then gotcha. I read the description. I'm like, oh, that sounds like just a regular thriller. But Because that's the thriller. I, but I will see them because they are Blum. Even right. If my wife gets excited whenever she sees that Blumhouse haunted house opening on any movie. If it's, if it's Blum, you know it's going to be good.
0: Right. Because, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because, like, even the, I I'm, i don't want to call them bad, but even the quote-unquote bad Blumhouse films are still highly entertaining. So, I yeah, I I, I don't want to call them bad. I just want, I wish there was another term for it because they may not be great or even good, but they're still entertaining as hell. In fact, I still have a Blumhouse Fantasy Island on my DVR, and I keep ah, yes. forgetting to watch it.
1: I forgot that was Blum.
0: Yeah, so... And it's not the only one, uh, like, only TV property that they've done recently. There was something else they did, too, that's escaping me right now.
1: So, what? Why, why are you not coming
0: through?
2: Because I turned off the camera. Why, uh, why would the you? The camera. Because do... <laughs> we were talking Invisible Man, and I didn't want anyone to see me. It worked. Oh. Yeah.
1: I didn't see you in any of that through my ears. Yeah. <laughs> Nocturne Black Box. Yes, Evil Eye, Black Box. I know is there the lie? The lie. That's the one. that's the thriller one, I think. Okay. Or is it? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know them by their titles.
2: It's it's kind of weird because what I what I pulled up is not quite differentiating what you said is for Amazon and just Bloomhouse. That's on Amazon. Nah, all right. So they're just they're sort of lumping it together. But there you go. Interesting, fascinating. Just, do you think do you please, think please. they'll do that with the Universal? Horror, they'll... they'll they, do, they've kind
1: of entered that contract with them.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so so like from a Frankenstein from a modern perspective from like, you know,
1: what if Frankenstein
0: happened today I, or... I don't know what Universal Monsters they have signed over. I know they have an exclusive with Universal for certain former... Well, not, I should say not former, but former, monsters. Monsters. but uh, but universal can't. properties that Blumhouse can put a, t- a, t- a twist on.
2: Okay, so like Wolfman, which was really universal. Yeah, because uh, Frankenstein and Dracula are based uh, essentially well, yeah. literary adaptions that are now in the public domain, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, should be. <clears throat> I don't know if they are.
0: Well, wow. I mean, you've got. <sighs> It's, but, a, uh, it's a uh, weird
2: creature from the black lagoon right. wolfman invisible man what? the
0: problem is no that was hg Wells. the problem as well as... with the the public domain is that you have frankenstein and dracula which are in public domain but you have universals right dracula and frankenstein you can't frankenstein do head
2: frankenstein that and, are yeah. that
0: are unique and and copyrighted universal right. sure because trade and trademark
2: corporations win
0: yeah. in the end because they're still around, you know. It's like seventy-five years after their death. It's like, well, they're still still, fucking still going, but you unconstitutional.
2: Know. Amy Coney, whatever the fuck your name is,
0: but uh, you go so, get them. So yeah, I mean, Universal has a lot of characters in their staple that that could be blumhoused, if you will. I don't know how <laughs> to, I don't know how sure. else to call it. It could be Blummed, absolutely. <laughs> blummed. Could be Blummed. if they if they you know blum the balls. Yeah, because so, yeah, they put out what was it?
1: Yeah, you want to blum the balls. You don't just you want to fluff the ball.
0: Yeah, four or five years ago, they put out that Frankenstein movie that was, eh. I mean, right. it, it was it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. Who put that out? You're saying Universal it? did. Universal, right? And then they had the Benicio del Toro Wolfman that I never saw, and some people were like, "Yeah, it's actually pretty good." And I'm like, "All right, so," but I just never got around to watching it.
2: Yeah,
1: it's it's. I never got around to caring.
0: Yeah, it it
2: it's funny because uh, Del Toro really captures Juan Chaney Jr.'s sad sack hang dog <laughs> to the point that some people have actually criticized Del Toro as looking like he didn't want to be doing the movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you know? And it's sort of like, well, I don't know. he kind of looks like that in everything, though. Well, yeah, and it's you just have... you know, that's that's his, his that's his, that's
1: his resting apathy
2: face. There you go. Although it's really funny because then it's. It's hard to recognize him in uh, Usual Suspects. Right. Because he's sort of like, wow, who's that? Who's that kind of charismatic guy who smiles
0: a lot? Who's the perky guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's the one who's <laughs> farting in the, well, uh, the, the... But in Usual Suspects, he hadn't had 30 years of chain smoking and boozing uh, and wow. to... Woo! <laughs> it's
1: the cocaine and the heroin.
0: I'm telling you.
2: Wow! Like it. Jet. Guys, that's how rumors start. just you know
0: and then you had the the mummy which was well actually you had the dracula and the mummy that were part of that that dark universe well and and
2: the mummy was the attempt to okay let's get this going yeah right let's marvelize this because the the dracula
0: had the reshoots right
1: yeah they put the ending at the end and so on but uh, (laughs) thank uh, god especially i I hate yeah i was missing an ending Uh, (laughs) people hated
0: it that dracula was terrible that, that version of Dracula I didn't care dope. enough to watch it. It happened to be on one of the, the pay channels. Oh, when don't I was explain on so yourself, I, Jeff. Hey, if I'm already paying for the channel, <laughs> it's like I might watch it just to see. If I turn it off halfway through, I, no big deal. Cable. If yeah. you're
1: paying for it, you might as well watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: There and, you go. There's some of that Midwest uh, old homie wisdom right there.
0: And the Tom Cruise mummy was okay. There's a lot to not like about it, but it wasn't so horrible. I should
2: it... I should watch it because I just want to, cause you know, see what they did.
0: Yeah, because uh, uh,
2: and I'm not saying that they 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 obviously you know took from or anything like that, but Brendan Fraser, mummy,
0: <clears throat> yeah,
2: was just. I think, was just stellar. I think it was just The wonderful. first two
0: movies were really oh, good. Oh, boy. People then, love Indiana Jones. Of course yeah. they're good. The third Mummy, oh, you know? not so much, though. The, 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 the third no, no, Mummy it, sequel? No,
1: that one kind of... They got away from the Indiana Jones shit.
2: That kind of flubbed. But the, the
1: fr- Scorpion the, King, though. That was the balls
2: ball. Hey, I discovered Corridor Crew, which is uh, some uh, special effects guys, VFX guys, who will... Like, take on old effects challenges and see if, you know, what they can do with the modern. The first thing I stumbled across was they were like, can we do Tron, but with our modern stuff? And Like the original Tron? Yeah. Okay. And so they were like, they did the light cycle sequence using Blender. Okay. And, you know, they talked about that because then it was like, we're going to do this in one day, you know. First, I have to learn Blender, you know. So it, it was really funny. But these are visual effects guys who do the thing. They did a repair job on the Scorpion King's entrance in uh, in Mummy. You oh. have my attention.
1: You so, already had it withdrawn. Tron. But yeah. Now- so
2: so they did a they did a repair job in putting uh, putting. Uh, uh, I think when the shock rock. monkeys
1: put that on the layer with the Tron thing, right? Maybe? I think that I think that's on the lair.
2: I wonder I if that's how I discovered it. can't
1: remember who posted it, but thank you whoever did.
2: That might be how I just dis- uh stumbled across it. Uh generally I I really don't I don't go from Facebook to YouTube, but occasionally one of the shock monks, usually uh Lebowski, Yeah. He usually he's usually the son of a bitch who <laughs> he, <laughs> who pulls you in. Yeah, bear traps me and drags me into YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it um Corridor Crew, it's actually fun. And and their whole thing is really talking about VFX, and it's actually cool and fun. I learned little teeny tiny bits about VFX just watching their, you know, 20-minute vids is like they're creating uh light cycles. Also, cuz they'll sit there and they'll postulate they're like, "Okay, the way this was working, I think what they did and then they'll t- talk about what they think" They, they did to make the light cycles for original Tron. And at some point, they're like, guys, any one of the original Tron? And then they'll, like, flash f- uh, faces on mm-hmm. the screen. They'll be like, any one of you original guys uh, out there uh, watching this, let us know how close we are in, uh, in our guesses. And So it's actually it was actually interesting. But they, they did a nice little job in fixing, fixing uh, the rock appearing as a scorpion kind. Yeah.
1: One of the worst (laughs) moments of CGI in history. Yeah, it's like not that not that there was worse not worse CGI out there. Of course, there was worse CGI in movies that were released. It's just that it was just a stunning
0: difference. Yeah. Well, you had all of those amazing CGI shots that was in that was in the movie. Yes, that was. And then all of a sudden, you're smacked in the face with this scorpion king that. Only kind of, sort of looks like the rock.
2: Well, and the big problem there and just was,
0: looks and looks so fake. It was it, unfinished it,
2: because because also uh, back then, especially reproducing a real human face was. And they talk a lot about you know all of the flaws that they they're looking at, and you know, it's like the quality of the skin and uh, the way the light is reflecting and and all of that right. stuff as well as expressions. And it, it was because back then getting, I mean, CGI was magnificent for shit that didn't exist. Yeah. Or shit that was not human. Right. You know? Like, I mean, uh, still one of the most incredible best bits of CGI uh, is Apollo 13. Yeah. Because you can't tell when the fuck are they CGIing and when are they model work and when are they practical affecting yeah. it it's a good blend of all of it's those a great blend. Uh, modern and classic exactly techniques. but when you do a face especially back then yeah it's just a bitch and they started talking about you know oh there's still things i want to do like i want to experiment with deep fake you know how you take a, a one person's face and you put it on another person's face and deep fake whoa whoa what happens if you take a CGI face and put it on somebody's face and <laughs> deepfake, and it's all of, all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, that that actually could be a hideous horror uncanny valley moment," you know, in a movie. So you
1: so you, you like take the rock in let's say Jumanji, mm-hmm. and then you replace it with that face from that face from <laughs> Scorpion King, you know,
2: just like
3: nah!
2: so. You know, it's just a, it. Um It was it was they were kind of cool, so that was kind of neat. But uh, watching them rebuild, if you can if you can grab that Scorpion King rebuild, it's you learn a little bit about how VFX are done, as well as just you know the overall talking about it, critiquing and everything. Because I always looked at it as like eh, it's not great, but I, you know doing a human face is tough, and everybody right. was like it's appalling how awful it was. They and people were making it. To me it was like people were making it sound like they could have done better if they tried and I I my opinion was no my opinion was that was the limit of technology at the if time I
1: remember right they've interviewed the ILM
0: people that did that cuz it was ILM yeah mm-hmm. it was ILM
1: and, but that they were rushed and did not have time to finish it basically That is that yeah. is, uh,
0: it's an interesting point too because uh, there's a couple of uh, Videos on CGI that I've watched uh, over the the whole self isolation thing for the Uh last seven months, and uh, one of the things is uh, that keeps frequently getting brought up in these videos is that how you as is like these guys are talking about is like we understand how you as an audience feel when there's terrible CGI in a film. What you don't realize is how much more terrible we feel when unfinished effects. Get into a film, you know stuff that we're working on, and you know we came up with a beta and you know alpha right. and beta builds of a, a CG character, and suddenly we see it in a trailer. You and we're mentioned
2: like, you mentioned that they're shocked at how many times placeholders end yes. up in the movie, and they're just like
0: because ah. there's a lot of guys that worked on the uh, the digital uh, mustache removal for uh, Justice League that we're yeah. talking about how what ended up in the film was not what they were working on at the time they were they they were still working on it and they had better versions of the mustache removal that didn't look as weird and when they saw that in the theaters they're like oh my god they used that version so it's it's interesting when you see these guys talk about you know yeah i watched the theatrical version of this film and i can't believe that this Mm -hmm. you know this was like version two out of like 20 that we did and it somehow ended up in the film or version 18 or 19 out of 25 is the one that ended up in in the finished product and they just they're so mortified by the fact that they're like yes when you say I know they could have done better it's like we know we could have done better too and we were doing better better. but (laughs) but (laughs) you know for whatever reason. Mm you know, whether it was still rendering or whatever and the studio may, or the director made the decision to throw what was in there or maybe the director thought, oh, it must be done and just tossed it in. They said we'll never know most of the time.
2: Thank God that never happens to actors, right, Todd? Right. <laughs> oh, they, they went with that take. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. Fun, fun, fun. But
2: sometimes you get the happy accidents. I mean, my right. favorite is, uh, who is it, Frankenheimer? Talking about, um, I think it was Manchurian Candidate. Where there's a scene, it's either Manchurian or Man with the Golden Arm. It, it's I think it's Manchurian. There's a scene where uh, they shot Sinatra a little out of focus by accident, but it was in this kind of deprogramming, brainwashing, or what have you, seen, And so when they used it, it actually was perfect, <laughs> and it like made it just it like made the scene work so incredibly well.
0: Yep, it's the joys of filmmaking. I,
2: w- I was hoping Jeff would <laughs> correct me on that if I got the film wrong, but
0: I'm. I'm. he just sat there. It, I will tell you it's been about 20 years since I've seen the, yeah, the original mentoring candidate. Yeah, but you got, you got that memory, but yeah, don't yeah, even. Yeah,
2: whatever photographic know, memory, dude. Yeah, but right. But I do think you're right, I do remember think Remember the was, shit he took on Christmas that one year? <laughs>
0: I do think that was. Uh, I remember that shit, everyone remembers that shit. <laughs> I do think that was Manchurian. I think it was Manchurian. No, it was yours.
2: Because it was like the brainwashing thing.
1: Uh, we couldn't yeah. flush it. <laughs> <laughs> just kept coming back. <laughs> uh, Kay and I got our asses kicked by Gloomhaven this week. What? Again, we did. It was- oh, my God. It was just so awful because it was right there. One more move. <laughs> One more move. Uh, Kay and I discovered we were not playing at its rock. Proper difficulty level, <laughs> or, or more the fact that I discovered we weren't playing at the right difficulty level, and Kay begrudgingly agreed. Well, I I <laughs> conceded,
2: yes, because it was sort of like I thought our, we were playing at a proper difficulty level. <laughs> frankly,
1: <laughs> I liked it. We were kicking its ass. <laughs> <laughs> but but now so, now we're back to working for it.
2: Yeah, we reset and and. Just literally one fucking maneuver away from getting out of it and... We, we had to, We it.
1: usually play two scenarios a night mm-hmm. because they're long. Scenarios take about two, two and a half hours to play. And, well, if you fail a scenario, you have to do that scenario again or you can go to another place and do something different if you don't want to do it. But if you're on a scenario that continues the storyline like this one is, means that the main storyline won't continue until you defeat this scenario so we decided to just buck up and do it, it again do it again yeah so we played the same scenario twice but you know what it was fun both times second time was arguably be arguably more fun because we were having to strategize a little more we strategize and uh, i leveled up i had uh
2: hadn't i i'd leveled up right yeah we went back to the city and we uh we uh bought some more blessings <laughs> Buy your blessings, folks. So needed. <laughs> if
1: you're playing Gloomhaven, give money to the tree hospital. Oh,
2: just just
1: yeah. To the widows and orphans fund. And uh um one thing I have been doing there jo- there's one thing about Gloomhaven is once I've played some Gloomhaven, I can't speak for anybody else, but for myself, I just want to play more Gloomhaven. It's like when I go home, I was like, I want more. Yeah. Right now. Uh, so, As opposed
2: to Andy, who hasn't really played it, no. but wants to play more Gloomhaven yeah, <laughs> At all? <yeah. laughs> he played one. Well,
1: he quote-unquote played it once. Yeah.
2: Back when we were doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> Actually, that was the right level at the time. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I have been doing is going on YouTube and watching, well, kind of falling asleep to it's. I watch YouTube when I go to bed. But watching people playing scenarios that we've already played. Hmm. Mm. I won't watch any ones that we haven't played because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, uh, But just to see how they dealt with the rooms that oh, they had. Oh, any insight? Um, we were definitely right to do the way that we did the last one, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we open the door and wait for things to come to, to us. Oh, yeah. What's, <laughs> instead of breaking the door open and saying, hit me! Yeah, Hit me already! Here we are! And they did. They, Let's get
2: in the middle of all you guys. They I hit want me really you hard. to
1: hit me as hard as you can. And they, and <laughs>
2: Ow! You hit me in the
1: ear! <laughs> Why in the ear? Yeah, with a goddamn fireball. It's yeah. Uh, So yeah, Gloomhaven, still amazing. Really enjoying it. Uh, it's I've been looking at... Uh, Frosthaven isn't out yet. Frosthaven is right. the official massive sequel. They, of course, did the Gloomhaven, massive Jaws sequel. of the Jesus Lion, Christ. which is a smaller, stripped-down version of Gloomhaven. It's it's a good entry point if you're like, oh, do I want to do Gloomhaven? Jaws or of the fucking Lion. Fucking George R.R. Martin sequel or something. It, <laughs> it, it costs less. It gives you the full flavor. And if you enjoy that, then yeah, get regular Gloomhaven. You'll love that even more. What's an interesting thing about Frosthaven that's coming out is that you are called up to a remote outpost up in the frozen north. Ooh. And you are helping to build that, city of Frosthaven. So when you're going in, you're not just picking up gold, you're also trying to pick up resources to actually build things, help build things within the city. Pick
2: up resources. Yes. Are we grinding? God damn it, Todd. Not yet. <laughs> we, we got See, this is, This is
0: why Todd <laughs> likes it, Jeff. He's like, ooh, ooh, resources. He loves the grind. Collect, not, collect I mean, the resources. What's, what's his what's his favorite thing to do in No Man's Sky? mine for resources. Yeah. What's his favorite thing to do in uh, I saw him
2: in Skyrim picking up yeah. plants.
0: Yep. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say Skyrim. He loves to mine re- or to farm for resources. Uh. Yeah.
1: But there uh, there's things more things than just gold and the treasure chests to find in these adventures mm-hmm. that when you take it back to Gloomhaven you can expand Gloomhaven and make more things available to Frost, you. Frosthaven. That's what I meant. Frosthaven. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and at, we'll call it Hard Home. Right. It's not out yet. Frost Haven's supposed to come out next year. Not um. in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and who I knows how did how <laughs> available it'll be because it was Kickstarted. Gloomhaven oh. like, like, originally was a Kickstarter. And you did it support that Kickstarter? I don't support any board game Kickstarter.
2: Oh. You got that moral thing going?
1: It's not a moral thing. It's a unknown quantity thing. Because the issue with a lot of Kickstarter games is that, one, they're super expensive. Two, they come with a lot of extra bits, and that's what makes them even more so expensive. Yeah. As it, those games seem to be more about all the miniatures that come with it than sure. the actual game itself right. and the gameplay. And a lot of Kickstarter games that have come out have been very big disappointments.
0: Because yeah, but this is
1: Frosthaven. Exactly. This would be the only one I'd consider because they've already demonstrated But you something. didn't consider it. You're right. I didn't. Because it's probably going to come out on the regular edition. And two, we haven't finished fucking Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and we still got 150 I, hours of Gloomhaven. I know,
2: I know. That's the f- other part. Is We barely scraped the right. fucking surface. And I <laughs> have
1: the expansion pack to gloomhaven so when we're done with gloomhaven we have more gloomhaven
2: expansion yeah it's like a george r. r r martin expansion pack for god's sake
1: and gloomhaven takes up goddamn sh- shelf space oh like like a massive you, motherfucker you want, open that
2: door on the way to the bathroom and tell me about shelf space you <laughs> bastard
1: <laughs> you like having board games around
2: mm. andy likes it <laughs> don't you andy <laughs>
1: So yeah, Gloomhaven still awesome. Yes, still enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, we'll probably meet again this week sometime. Sure, I'll you know. Um, don't we're, know we're where. Being, don't know where. Let me we're know, check. in safe, good see boys, it, to boys. See if I'm busy. Mm. All right. Yeah. 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 Check your
0: calendar. <laughs> <laughs> check <laughs> your calendar. See, see what I did there, Jeff. <laughs> Here, yeah. le, let me let me let me check my calendar. Stay at home. Stay at home. Stay at home. Stay at home. I might be free. <laughs> Poop, stay at home.
1: Oh, that's my favorite part of the calendar. Yeah. All right, let's do a little, just a quick mail. Just a oh, little piece of mail, mail here. Yeah, quick mail. Quick, quick, quick mail. mail. Quick mail. Uh, this mail reads Good day, fuckers.
2: I wonder who this is. Don't Aussie don't Matt
1: here with an important message. It's Aussie Matt. Can you please remind Kirsten to make sure he's registered to vote? That's all. Stay safe and stay healthy. Fuck, Aussie Matt. Fuck <laughs> no. <nah. laughs> <laughs> Are you registered to vote, Kay? Yes. Have you checked your registration?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's I'm gonna, everywhere now like I'm, I'm going to ask oh you tomorrow. Oh my god. I hadn't gone on Twitter in like a while and I I get on there and it goes, "Have you registered to vote? Verify now." And I'm like, "Oh, okay."
2: Verify. I wish Facebook would verify. It'd be great, wouldn't it? If you could press a yes, I have registered. Well, Fuck off.
0: It's it doesn't verify in the app. All oh. it does is take you to the website where you can check to make sure oh. that you're registered to vote. Yeah. I do but ch- it doesn't do, go away. I do
2: check that every couple of weeks, so just to make sure. But I don't I don't know that we're really in danger of purges here in Nevada. I Not
0: just really. I just checked a few weeks ago, and I just got my ballot in the mail. Yes, on Saturday, I, so. I'm still
2: waiting for mine. Although I, I'll probably, I'll probably go to live voting because it's at the Galleria Mall down the street. Mm. And, and I, my
1: understanding, it's outside of like there's a tent outside.
2: Yeah, and I have never ever waited. Well, like uh, you might this
0: year. Three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. I've waited yeah.
2: when I've done it.
0: No, I've vi- always no, gone to early voting and got right in and out. Yeah, I've and look,
1: I was looking at the lines in the. Alabama today
0: yeah no not yeah. sorry Georgia today and Jeez. yeah
1: and they're in six hours plus and that's what happens when you have somebody in charge of voting that doesn't want people to vote
2: yeah well that I mean I'm going to uh first of all yeah I'm not going to apologize for any any voter suppression techniques going on they definitely do but a lot of them are also population density urbanized areas, stuff like that. There's a ton of factors going in there. And our little region right here and this little bit of southern Nevada, Clark County, we're kind of, we're kind of okay.
0: We're, we're They've got it figured out. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually very lucky because we have early voting and not only that, we have a lot of early voting areas that you can go to. Yeah. And then, you know, they, and they, and yeah, what's yeah. nice about early voting is you don't have to go to your designating poll place. You can go to any of the early voting areas. So let's say you're yeah. you're out and about, and you're like, oh, I can go vote what right the now. the fuck,
2: I'll vote. I go yeah. to Galleria because it's right fucking there.
1: Yeah, they're at least but, in two malls. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the that's, mall that that's I used to go part. to, there was never more than five or six people in line yeah. waiting to vote and yeah. i and i'm in i'm literally just like uk i'm in and out in and like everybody 10 is
2: pleasant you know yeah. the yeah. poll workers are excited that you're there to vote you know they give you your sticker and they're happy yeah and probably most of them you know are people i don't agree with politically <laughs> but you know they're doing the job right so yeah. it, it you read the nightmare stories of some of yes. these other places and and the uh, the poll uh, the polling intimidation crap and stuff like that, like, which is
0: actually a federal offense. Yeah, so, so I don't. You know. So
2: wherever you're at, um, you know, be ready to record. And if you catch any of that shit happening, uh, there should be a number. Just I click think right you're down allowed here and...
0: to record outside of the polling areas, yeah. but I don't believe you're allowed to. Yeah, record well, that's inside, yeah, yeah, which is kind of. In, in some ways uh, not a good thing because I have heard of uh, polling uh, intimidation sure. going on inside the polling place right so but, but if, the... if if it happens to you regardless of your party affiliation Call. report it immediately yeah. to the staff because um, typically there is some form of law enforcement near uh, nearby they're not really allowed to be like at least here in Nevada they're not allowed to like be in there in heavy presence because that's considered an intimidation but there's always at least somebody nearby that will assist you if you're if you are being intimidated so don't let yeah. it happen to you so
1: so let's get into something we don't care about news you don't give a shit about oh yay fun disney is translating the space mountain roller coaster into a movie
0: Oh, boy.
1: Uh, Disney has hired Joby Harold, who's also working on the upcoming Obi-Wan Star Wars series at Disney+, Plus, to write the movie's script. Harold's other screenwriting credits include 2017's King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and Zack Snyder's upcoming Army of the Dead. He also served as an executive producer for John Wick Chapter 3. There are no story details, because there's no fucking story, though the movie is being aimed at a family audience. Imagine that, it's Disney.
0: Well, isn't it part of Tomorrowland? How do you have a... Right. In, yeah. They've already made this movie. They already made t- Tomorrowland. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it and it made its money back, yeah. basically, plus was, a few 10, 20 minute, million.
0: It was... It was a movie. Interesting. It was a movie. Maybe. Not really. <laughs>
2: Weren't I, all the little uh, theme park head Easter eggs supposed to be like a great experience at t- Tomorrowland? Like talking about the little pins and shit like that and all that, you know the uh, the Jamie and John Bean Hastings uh, factor, right?
0: I, I don't understand the question. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 lost. Uh, did, as well. Didn't that
2: make? Didn't that you know no. make the movie? No,
0: I I don't I, I I'm not understanding your start start. start are, are you from saying the did <laughs> did not, that,
1: <laughs> Are you saying people that collect pins did they like the movie? Is that? Yeah,
2: wasn't there something about the movie the little. Theme park had Easter eggs in the movie for oh, the sh- theme park I'm heads. sure there
1: were. I'm, I'm, sure that, I'm, I'm sure that's the reason to watch the movie.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, look. Yeah, they, I, I oh, was... look.
1: They made reference to the rocket rods. People movies.
2: Well, take well, a look. Well, well, but even more subtle than that.
0: Like, like. okay. So you're saying there's a lot of Easter eggs to be looking He's for. He's saying
1: there's a great big beautiful tomorrow.
0: Okay. Uh, sure. Space
1: Mountain. Okay. Listen. I get country bear jamboree. You you could boom, you could put boom, you could eke a movie out of boom, that. Boom, can you boom, really? I mean, eke <laughs> it because I mean, at least you have characters to start from. You take those sure. characters; they have established personalities in the show. You can then put them into situations based on their personalities. And of course, with Pirates of the Caribbean, it's making a pirate movie that's yeah. that's not so. And this one, you could argue, it's Space Mountain. You just, it's make just make a space movie.
0: And you could have had a good Haunted Mansion movie if you'd maybe followed the storyline that's introduced in the actual Haunted Mansion. And
1: they're going to do that. Are
0: they? Are yeah. They, okay.
1: I mean, I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but they are making another Haunted Mansion movie. I imagine, I imagine, hopefully it is closer to the actual ride stuff. And the Pirates that... of the Caribbean, I mean, there is kind of a story throughout there. It's a dark yes, ride. Yes, right. Space Mountain is a roller coaster with a light show. Yeah. Indoors. And That's what it is. And it's the only roller coaster in Disney until they you could argue I guess that Splash Mountain is roller coaster-esque and Big Thunder Mountain.
0: Not to mention the so many aspects of the movie Pirates of the Caribbean are now in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Sure. So, you know, for, for better or for worse. You and know. I
1: can I almost see this as almost tail wagging the dog in that respect.
0: Yeah, the, I know, in, right? <laughs>
1: in that they're going to invent a space story, uh-huh. call it Space Mountain, and then they'll re-theme Space Mountain to include elements of the movie should people go watch it.
0: Because mm, wasn't it... Th- Wasn't Space Mountain Star Wars themed for quite a while before Galaxy's Edge opened? I don't
1: think it was Star Wars themed, but they had some Star Wars additions that they did special for it for a limited time.
0: Okay, because I I know there's a lot more projection elements now than when the ride opened.
1: Of course, they've improved it over time, but it's still an indoor roller coaster with a light show.
0: Yeah.
2: You know what Space Mountain you want to do? What's What's that? that? Olympus Mons. That's mm. kind of, this yeah. is this is the tall this is yeah. the tall fucking mountain that actually goes out of the atmosphere. It actually penetrates. It is the,
1: literally a space mountain. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it penetrates the atmospheric envelope. He just wanted of, to say uh, penetrates. Uh, he just wanted to fluff the balls. Yeah, which is you know funny because usually I don't need a reason. I'll just penetrate, <laughs> but. Uh,
0: So does our president. (laughs) Whoa! Hey! 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 It's funny because it's true. It's
2: topical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Jeff. I am not sure. (laughs) (laughs) You're not sure that it's actually funny. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll 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 go with you on that one. (laughs) That's that's where you get that Thor meme. Is it
3: really? Um.
2: But uh. Olympus Mons. I think Olympus Mons. You know. So I mean, because it's funny. Because like Jeff said, when I hear Space Mountain. There's the ride and everything, but I'm geek enough, and I, I rode Space Mountain when I was a kid. Traumatic experience, but oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, d- dude, little. dude, I I'm a kid. I had anxiety, um, and you well, know, yeah. or, and I I wasn't sure if it was a roller coaster or not. My dad honestly had no
1: fucking clue. So my it, my, my ride experience, first one on it, was very similar. Yeah, yeah. Now exactly.
0: the I didn't, the Disneyland what? ones, not that. Like, intense, right? Yeah, no, I did no, Disney World. No. I was going to say, yeah. Disney World's supposed to be the more, so yeah, that so makes sense. If you went to Disney World, that's supposed to be the, the more intense of the and two. And that was
1: my first two. But at the same time, when you're a little kid who right. hates roller coasters, yes. it doesn't matter its intensity. I hated the Scooby-Doo coaster in Kings Island before it became the Beastie.
0: Wait, you didn't like roller coasters? Oh yeah, you—you're the one that dragged me on that roller coaster. Oh, I Phoenix love them, Island man. that was it's the, the same uh, thing with the haunted... mine cart one. That it's, was the puberty ruins a man. Jeff. It's the
1: I same guess. thing as haunted houses, man. <laughs> I hated them when I was little too because they're fucking scary. And roller coasters, I was—I was—I was a little turd wimp.
0: I was gonna say that—that's—that's that's actually kind of insulting now because. I told you when we were at King's Island, I didn't like roller coasters. And you're like, come on, you'll like this one. Come on. Now, I did like it. But at the same time. Uh, uh, okay, no, you just uh, at killed the same your argument. the fact you that you did not argument. respect my uh, You killed initial, your argument. I did not respect you your authority. Killed, no. you,
2: you killed your argument, Jeff. Don't, don't say you liked it. You caved so quick.
1: I started <laughs> liking roller coasters. And eventually, Haunted houses, kind of the same way. Uh, out of peer pressure. All right, peer pressure. I was in uh, this. This place doesn't exist anymore. It's called Opryland in Nashville. It's right by the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, it was a uh, theme park there. There was a McDonald's convention, and so uh, my parents went to the convention and brought me along because there was Opryland right next door. Right, and some of the kids that I met there. uh wanted to go to Opryland and I really wanted to go with them. And the first thing you got ride you come to is this log ride Mm -hmm. and log rides and roller coasters in my brain at the time, the same thing. Mm. And they really wanted to go on it. So I'm like, Oh shit. I, I really want these guys to like me and I don't want to be the butt of the joke all day, but I really don't want to ride this thing. So I just balled up and got in line with them and, got on the damn thing and I was dreading it and th- going up there. I'm like, fuck, I hate this. No, I hate it. Dreading dread. It. Cause, cause you go up and then you just go right around through the trees for a little while. Cause you know, that big drop is coming mm-hmm. and there it is. It's the drop and boom, we go down and I liked it for the first time in my life. I liked it. I hated it up until that moment. And my mom was there kind of as chaperoning this whole thing. And took a picture of us coming down there. And you can see in the picture the absolute joy in my face that not only did I conquer my fear in this, but I loved it when it happened. And from then on, I started liking roller coasters.
0: I still don't like roller coasters that have extreme, <laughs> extreme drops, like the extreme coasters, like with the the major twists and the... You know the. I can't stand, any, stand it. Yeah, yeah i, 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 I'm I I'm not. Don't, I don't do them.
1: I will do your goddamn share. The
0: the. <laughs> it's been ten years since I've been on it, but the Mummy actually it hadn't been that long. It'd been maybe like eight years. Uh, the Mummy's the Mummy, not an extreme coaster in any the, way. Yeah, I was gonna say the Mummy roller coaster at Universal Hollywood is fun. Yeah, it's you it's know, a it's, very mild coaster. I mean the 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 most extreme part of it is the launch because it's a linear induction motor launch and it 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 shoves you back. Pretty good in your seat when you're launching, it's and then the rest it's, it's a it's a there you go. It's a fun little. Coaster. So you're I saying been it's it like
2: the g forces of a rocket launch. Dun,
1: dun,
0: dun. Yeah. You know, I what, haven't been on it since they did the the Tom Cruise Mummy movie retheming, so I don't know what it's uh, like you. now. Wait,
1: they did a full retheming with the new shit. It's it, bump, I don't bump, know how bump, much bump, of a bump, bump, if, quote unquote bump, full bump, bump, retheming, bump, but I know they
0: rethemed bump, elements of it to match the Tom Cruise movie.
1: I wonder if they kept it. <laughs> it's kind of a I don't of know. awful right now, wow.
0: I don't know. Interesting. Um, Fascinating. The last time I was at Universal, it was closed, so I didn't get to go on it to see. Because I wanted, I was like, you know, we're here. I want to go on it, check it out. I was like, oh, and it's closed.
1: So does that mean when they open up the, Velocicoaster, the Vel- Velociraptor coaster that's coming up that mm-hmm. you're going to shy away from it? Because it is oh, a it, bit more
0: extreme. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not going on that one. Ah. It's uh, it's okay. It Todd will like do our share.
1: I will goddamn do your share. I, I love. I can tell you right now, even even when I get to the point, and trust me, I will get to the point before long, where it's, it gives you that warning. Like if you have heart issues, don't run this yeah. ride. This ride yeah. Fuck you, sign. I'm going to ride it anyway. There you go. I, I might yeah. die on your ride, but Pe- I'll
0: die smiling. People, people with high blood pressure shouldn't ride. Todd's like, I have high blood pressure, and I'm the first in line. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you
1: can't stop
0: me. And I will say though, it's weird, like because I don't like those the the extreme drops in a lot of those coasters. I just can't stand it, but I love motion rides. I love motion rides. Right, can't get enough of those. I mean, I'll go on star tours like ten times in a row. Sure, is it's not or a, even the uh, well, it's not a heights thing because you don't mind heights. i I I have a mild fear of heights, but it's very it's extreme. Dude, c- circumstances. dude, it is
2: so easy. It is so easy to diagnose. It's sitting right in front of you. And it sums up Is it this microphone. It sums up both Is of you. Is it you,
1: fucking microphone? I it th- sums it. up
2: both of you perfectly. No, no, what's, that? what's that? Loss of control.
0: Yeah, could be.
2: Ah, I don't know. I'm kind of control freak. Yeah, no, you love surrendering. <laughs> 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 He's right, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't really argue that. See, and and that that's because, like, like airplanes, right? I love I love airplanes, you know, when I was yeah. when I was smaller. I loved the window seats before it became so uncomfortable to sit there. I loved looking out the window and everything, but you hit that turbulence and I'm fucking dying. And the way I would control the fear and anxiety of the turbulence is I'd pretend. I would literally pretend that I was a pilot teaching a trainee and I'm guiding the trainee through the turbulence, telling them how to compensate. Even with the fact that I had very limited knowledge of how planes work, I still would fantasize doing that and that would actually help me get through the turbulence. Oh, so you'd fantasize you wouldn't actually like role play it in that moment. That's right. I didn't actually go up to the <laughs> cockpit and I'm like, hey.
1: Let me tell you how to fix there this. There you go. Ease up on the pedal. <laughs> you you in uh, there. Stay calm in this a little part.
2: <laughs> A little more yaw. <laughs> you
1: know. I was just thinking more of you just talking to the empty seat next to you yeah, saying, no. no, no, it's going to be okay. I'm just thinking to myself. I've got this.
2: No, it, it's more like, all right, now, you know, ease up and now we're compensating to the left a bit there you go now hold that steady and all right there you want to watch yourself going to the right and i just run that through my head and it would help a lot
0: you know well, what i will ask you this okay what was the last time you've been on a plane
2: it's been a few years
0: how many is a few? but but within the last 10 years right oh yeah, yeah yeah okay so i will tell you this and this is fact Uh-oh. turbulence is worse now than it was when you were a kid that's 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 just a fact. With all the different he's, climate changes, he's stuff trying to going scare on, the so. shit out of you. I guess so. He's trying to make me so, miserable. So, although yeah. the, the worst it, thing, and, and, and also being an adult doesn't help it, and the fact that you have anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but then uh, again,
2: that's a, and That'll be one of the interesting things of flying because yeah. when I next time I fly will be the first time I've flown since I've gone into treatment. For the anxiety. So Uh, how will I I, react to it?
0: I have a friend that has severe anxiety. She doesn't like to fly, but... Takes a tranquilizer before she goes on the sure. plane. And she's fine for that good, fixes up to everything. Four hours. Well, sure. D-
1: that's what we'll do next time we go we'll
0: on give the you roller coaster. T- well, yeah, we'll give you <laughs> a
1: tranquilizer. Give
3: me a tranquilizer.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Give,
0: uh, give, give them a,
1: a quaalude <laughs> or a Xanax. I or, will place you in your seat, <laughs>
2: and we'll have the little video set up, and Jeff will be sitting there drooling. I will buy the picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. But it it's funny. Um, the worst thing of turbulence I ever went through was not scary. It was just sickening. We went uh, into a holding pattern over Chicago, and for a half hour, boom, 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 just light bumping. Yeah. A half hour, and that was the first time I wanted to hurl. Oh, wow. I wanted to soap. I was... You you know you get you know the feeling you, you get the feeling the, the, you can almost smell it in your yeah. nose like sw- it, it's it's the, almost there. The sweats come. Oh my god! I dude, I was so fucking close because it was just a half hour of that. Your balls tighten. Oh Jesus! You, you know? like
0: that? Try flying in a commuter plane across the Great Plains of Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> during during weather. Now wait a second. You, do, you
1: don't have an issue with commuter planes?
0: I don't know.
1: To me, that's a scarier thing than a roller coaster.
0: Well, it's it's funny because lack it, it of control doesn't, doesn't. Are there rails? No, uh, there are no rails. I've 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 had fairly good luck, you know, <laughs> with flying. <laughs> I don't typically no? have the yeah, the I... really terrible weather flights. Uh, but this one flight from Kansas City to Wichita one time, in fairly heavy winds and rain and weather. It was a nonstop roller coaster for the entire oh, okay. hour yeah. flight. Woo-hoo. I mean, like it in the, in previous flights because I I did that route many times going up to see my grandparents and then coming back. It was usually no more than about five or ten minutes. At a time when you'd hit turbulence on that flight, but sure. this one, the entire hour, it was like violent rock to the left, violent rock to the right, oh. up, down, up, God down, damn. left, right. Nightmare, I mean, nightmare. Just, I mean, that's e- why they call it
2: flyover country.
0: <laughs> we didn't fly what they call wings level the entire wow. way there. It was, it was crazy. But it's the only time I'd ever even remotely felt like I could succumb to some motion sickness. I didn't like you get feel like I, I was about to get yeah, sick yeah. but i was like if this goes on much longer i sure. could definitely this is where see. it will possibly happen. sure yeah. yeah you check
2: the front of you is the bag still uh, don't you love it too when you're like is the bag still there's no bag where's the bag what, what <laughs> help
1: hey i don't have a bag thank goodness that magazine's
2: there i will yeah. say
0: what helps with the with me with the flying is my dad having taken me on a lot of training flights when i was younger so sure. I I've, I've been through a lot of the quote unquote worst case scenario yeah, things yeah, yeah. That, the practice like if you you haven't lived till you've been through an emergency descent sure there now you an go. emergency descent for those that don't know if you lose pressurization above 10,000 feet you got to get that plane below 10,000 feet within typically about two to three minutes so uh this particular flight I was on with my dad um, he was the one doing the training and I didn't know it was coming, but <laughs>
2: oh, those are the best!
0: He literally claps his hands and he goes, "Emergencies of descent!" The guy pushes the the yoke forward. We're about a tw- negative twenty two degrees straight. Literally, all you can see is the ground in the window. Oh, yeah. There's no horizon. <laughs> I'm looking at the artificial horizon indicator uh, that's to the to the left of me, and all you see is brown, which is is the ground. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's and that's all the seats are, too. And we're doing this.
0: <laughs> We're doing this at full throttle. So we went from, I want to say we were about twenty-five, thirty thousand 30,000 feet down to uh, 9,500 feet in, I want to say, 38 seconds. It was... uh, was cool. Yeah. It was, it scared the living shit out of me. (laughs) That's that's funny. I had never had that experience where like you're, 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 taking your feet and you're trying to climb up in your chair, uh-huh. like like you're trying to climb up something and it's like, there's nothing there to climb. What are you doing? Well, that,
2: that well, there, there wasn't a lot of gravity there.
0: <laughs> I mean, at that point, you want to pop your seatbelt so you go on, well, on it's the weird ceiling because and you're like, you're, you're at full throttle, so you are being pushed into the back of your chair while yeah. you're going down. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, your senses are telling you, I'm falling because right. all you see is ground right. and the ground is coming up quick at you. So mm-hmm. you've got that weird disconnect mm. between your visual sense and your you know, impression of sure. you know, centrifugal force. So. See, if
2: I was a pilot, I would just close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, this, you know what? It's better when I'm not looking.
0: Uh, my
1: favorite part, I went uh, to flight school for a while. I was learning how to fly uh-huh. single-engine est- Cessnas. And my favorite part of the training, and I would insist we do it every time we went out, is the stall. Stall, yeah. So that's where you take the plane up, straight up until it, gravity can't works against your plane so much that it stalls out the engine, and you just go into a free
0: fall. Well, it doesn't stall out the engine. The it engine. stalls the wing. It, yeah. The, yeah. it prevents the, the wing lift. from being able to create right. lift. Right.
1: right. So you just, and then you just start start falling, cut the engine, let it fall, and, and straighten itself out, and then you put the engine in, and right. it was just, great.
0: Don't you just love the stick shaker, too? And it's like trying to tell you, it's like, hey, you're going to stall. Yeah. Because, yeah. For those that don't know, stick shaker is literally the the control yoke starts violently shaking to tell you you're approaching stall speed, and it just gets worse until you do something about it. Oh,
1: and this and it's it, if you, if you ever get the chance of going out, I know very few ever get this, but if you do get the chance to go with a like a private pilot kind of thing, and. They're able to whatever have them take it, you into a stall maneuver. It is <laughs> it is the best roller coaster you've ever been on. Oh,
2: stall, boy. stall,
0: and stall recovery were ones that I yeah hated, you you want
2: you want stall recovery. I,
0: I think, think <laughs> yeah. the stall and stall Maybe. recovery maneuver how feeling that <laughs> for me was a little different. Like literally, it's like the, what they had, uh, what my dad had the the guy he was training do was have the uh, the nose of the plane at such an extreme. um elevation that as you pull the power back you're you're still kind of going up and still kind of going forward but at a certain point you're not going up anymore and the plane is just kind of going forward and then suddenly it's going forward but it's starting to go down Okay, right. and then yeah. you you either power out of it or you nose down and power through. It
2: was it was always funny with stall too. Watching all those airport movies and it's like oh no, if they do that, they'll go into a stall. And it's funny you watch that and it's like oh they're in a stall, but the engine's still running. I don't the engine's fine. What what kind of stall is that? And it's funny my dad knew it but he didn't know how to explain it so he was just like oh that's an airplane term and i was just like yeah <laughs> but it don't make no sense <laughs> decades i was like what the fuck the, the engine's fine there's no stall oh, good fun
0: uh
1: roller coasters i can't wait
0: Ah, uh, the bernoulli effect <laughs> yeah there you go
1: news you don't give a shit about what The Marvel's Avengers game by Crystal Dynamics is having some problems. What? No shit. (laughs) Its latest issue is the result of an extremely low player count, as PC users are reportedly increasingly in long matchmaking times when trying to play online. Avengers' population on Steam continues to dwindle, with barely a thousand players active at any given time. Not only is that a small pool to draw from during matchmaking, but the game demands that each player in a squad is running a different character, further exacerbating the problem. And it doesn't help that Avengers was built around co-op play, meaning that most of the high-level content is all but unplayable by yourself. Some players claim they've had to wait nearly 30 minutes before finding an appropriate group, and the issue doesn't seem to be much better on the PS4, which Forbes is reporting having similar problems. Despite it being the largest platform for Marvel's Avengers, Quote, it's rare to get a full team of four, and usually one or two players ends up being an AI fill-in. Unquote. Crystal Dynamics is doing what they can to remedy the issue, delaying several updates instead focusing on how to fix its dwindling player base. A new playable character, Kate Bishop, is planned to drop later this month. That means there could be hundreds of Kate Bishops queuing on an online match, none of which would be able to team up with each other due to the requirement that squads be composed of unique
0: characters. Yeah, Jim Sterling has a really good video he posted either yesterday or today on that. I watched it today. So yeah, so if you play Marvel
1: Avengers, you choose whatever character you want to play, the Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and then it opens up the matchmaking to people who are playing other characters than that one. So if there is, there are some characters that are more fun to play than others, in my opinion. I think Ms. Marvel is the most fun one. And so if there's a bunch of people playing Ms. Marvel you're not going to find a lot of people to play with. Yeah, no. And and so there's a, it feels like Anthem all over again. Oh yeah. Anthem is the game that BioWare was forced to make. Yeah. uh, Which was also a live live service game, much like this one. And which the, just the player base just fell out of it so fast that it, it was just an empty multiplayer game after time. When I ended up playing it, which was probably about eight months after its release of, you could team up occasionally but most of the time you're out playing multiplayer things by yourself because just there's no one to play with you that's and that's that's what what i've gone over my issue with live service in the past so i'll keep it short that it those games depend on how many other people are playing at that time and if you just want to play it on your own well good luck golly so I, I expected Marvel's Avengers to run into this problem eventually. I did not expect it to happen a month later. That's, mm-hmm. that's what's really surprising. Mm. And again, the game is fun because it does have that single-player component. Right. But once it opens up to the multiplayer component, when that single-player story is done and yeah. the real game begins, uh, that real game is a lot less interesting. And it's a lot more of the same.
0: Not to mention, aren't they only going to be expanding the story over like a number of years as opposed to...
1: Yeah, well, that's the promise of live service games is that the, the new update is here and then it has all the new maps and the new characters and the new weapons and the new the, to expand, keep you playing it. Right. So that hopefully you'll put more money into buying things for it.
0: But depending how long that is, there's, you're going to yeah. run into a problem with a lot of people finishing the storylines sure. and then sitting there waiting for... The, the next storyline to...
1: And that's been kind of the weird thing with this. I can't speak for Crystal Dynamics, but, uh, for example, Bioware made Anthem. Yeah. Bioware, up until that time, was making nothing but RPGs and action RPGs. Yeah. That's all they made. And then when they were bought, they were forced to make this live action game, which they really had no experience in. And Destiny... Yeah. ...is by uh, the people that made Halo. Bungie. Bungie. Which, again, they're good at first-person shooter games. And so it was a little more of a better fit. But they were still kind of edged into making this live service aspect. Well,
0: and then even Destiny had its issues because there really wasn't much of a story Right. to it, Destiny it was until bad, s- much later. Yeah, it
1: was a bad start, and my understanding is it got a lot better. And that's kind of the that the hopes of these things are when you buy them, is that they will continue to be supported as something going on yeah. further on. Uh, for example, uh, the l- latest multiplayer Fallout, Fallout 76. Yeah. Uh, when that released, it was awful.
0: You hated it. I remember oh, that.
1: Oh, I, I... Ugh. But... I'm thinking of I'm I'm thinking of get, getting into it because I've watched them updated over time and much like No Man's Sky making good on the promise of what was initially promised when it was released.
0: Yeah, cuz I remember you you uh did the game fly for for Fallout yes. and that's the only time you'd ever just not gone straight out and bought a Fallout title. Oh yeah. And you sent it back what the next day or no, two no, days no. later? No,
1: no, I I kept it for like a week and a half. I was like, really? There's, there's got to be something in here that because I, I, can, I've played I just by, remember
0: you telling me you sent it back, and I'm like, "Wow, that was fast." I played
1: enough live service and MMOs to know that okay, you got to give it some time to get past the initial grind. Okay, and then that's the thing with these games is they tend to be a grind. Right. And it just it felt empty and uninteresting and there yeah. there was no there was nothing propelling you forward uh, as far as like as a story goes it was just like okay there's some buildings over here let's go check them out oh look there's are they're, they're doing the uh the multi person person timed thing where every now and then a quest would pop up that multiple people come to right. but it was the same quest over and over again so the only point to do it was to try to level up your guy a little further and get better loot aka the grind
0: i just always thought that was weird because so much of fallout games i should say in the modern era is you in the middle of nowhere on your own yes and how you would translate that into a game where you have to work with other people in order to move forward. I just thought that was kind of weird. Right, and
1: it's hard to get in that immersion when Alex42086 is jumping up and down around you (laughs) for no reason other than to jump up or down around you because he is so bored in the game, he has nothing better to do.
0: (laughs) Than to jump around. Right. Jump, jump, jump around. You lose
1: that immersion. Uh, but since then, they have added NPCs to the game, with with the quest givers and so on, to kind of populate the area. And they've done a lot structurally around it. And so I'm thinking of giving another choice. Not sorry, another chance. Because No Man's Sky, they've not only have they fixed No Man's Sky, they just released uh, 3.0 in the last couple of weeks, adding even more shit to it, to just make it that much more interesting and that much more fun and that much more populated.
0: Yeah, No Man's Sky is one of those games where they just keep adding stuff to it, and the people that play it—I—I I, I enjoyed watching you play. Um, I never got the chance to just really get into it my own, my own, on my own rather. But uh, a lot of people I talk to that are still playing it—you know, what three years later now—I
1: put it back in the system last week to check out the new stuff.
0: And yeah, and and that does seem to be kind of the. You know the summary from a lot of the friends that play it is that it's like I check back on it here and there to see what they've added, and the fact that you know here it is a game that's three years old, and they're still adding stuff to it that is making it interesting and and desirable to play. So,
1: because now that you can explore derelict ships, and they they've they've just what was originally a not that great looking underpopulated game, they filled in all the cracks. So. There's a good way of doing these and a bad way. And I think kind of the difference is that with like No Man's Sky is that they had it in mind that you could do it on your own. And originally you couldn't really find other players. And that's what they ended up adding into it. Uh, But you can still now, even though it's a fully multiplayer game, you can still play it on your own and have a good time with it. Whereas with the live service games, it kind of forces you to be multiplayer with it, and when that multiplayer thing drops out because people are no longer playing it, right? Then what are you left with? Yeah. Anyway. Those <laughs> you don't give
2: a shit about. But uh, before you go on, that, okay, that was in the middle of all that was that amazing moment <laughs> where oh, you ha-
1: you ha- you have to describe the moment, Kay,
2: because Kit, I brought in Kit because he you know spending his whole time in the garage. And uh, put him on the table, and he walked off the table and went into Jeff's lap. That's rare. It's,
0: yeah, it's weird. I, he's never done that. that. Was, he'll walk across me if I'm sitting on like the sofa or something. Sure. And then like, he'll pause, look at me, and then continue on. But yeah, he does. He's
1: going that. from A to
2: C, and you are B. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you are, uh, of course, in his chair.
0: Yes, I am in his chair.
2: But he, he actually <laughs> just... And, and it was really funny. I was watching him go to the edge of the table, and I'm like, he doesn't look like he's going to jump. He looks I, yeah. like he's going
0: to climb. It. Jesus. I didn't know what he was doing either. He's yeah. never done that before. <laughs> and <laughs> then he just like stood there like on my leg, just yes. sitting there. His butt like, toward like, your like, face. Yes. Yes. Well, you know. Well, and the tail whipping me in the face. So. <laughs> it's like, he wanted me to know, I'm here. Yeah. I'm standing here. And you're mine. Yeah. There you go. That was
2: interesting. It's yeah.
1: very interesting.
0: He was a weird cat.
1: News you don't give a shit about. Sherlock Holmes, the Guy Ritchie-helmed films, uh, mm-hmm. may be getting an expansion as Downey Jr. and his producing partner-slash-wife, Susan Downey, explain that Sherlock Holmes 3 is just the entry point for a giant Sherlock universe.
0: Oh, so we are finally getting the third film. Yes.
1: Quote, We think there's an opportunity to build it out more, Susan Downey said. Continuing, spit off characters from a third movie to see what's going on in the television landscape, to see what Warner Media is starting to build out, things with HBO and HBO Max, unquote. Uh, fans have already seen a bit of this plan put into action with WB's planned The Batman and its Gotham PD-focused HBO Max show. Uh, Team Downey wants to try the same multimedia approach with The Sherlock World. And Sherlock Holmes 3 is set for December 2021. Hmm. So... Sherlock Holmes
0: yeah universe of I, films I, I do like the guy Ritchie take on the the Sherlock Holmes universe it's I do it's too. fun it's interesting I do too I I don't know quite how you'd expand that but Right Well I mean there's so many other stories in that in the in the in the Sherlock Holmes story world if you will that, that there's a lot of stories to tell so I could understand right. where you could make Multiple sequels. Sure, I get that. But, but yeah, the I'm way talking it, about other yes. characters. No, I know. I just like, how do you expand upon that? Because you know, with the the exception of Sherlock and Mycroft, and then you know, um, I know they introduced Enola Holmes on the Netflix. Sure, which she was not part of the the Conan Doyle uh, written material, but was introduced as a separate. Um, character uh, I forget the author that introduced uh, Enola Holmes but anyway I mean so in the in the Conan Doyle you have Sherlock and uh, Mycroft and then you have um, Dr. Watson I mean so there's not a lot of other characters except for you know when you get into the villains you have the you know, Moriarty the, the villain of the story and, yeah and Moriarty how did he become
2: evil what right. happened to him he didn't get that pony for Christmas. His dad
1: died way too early. I can't wait to not see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit about. What? The battle between Epic Games and Apple rages on as the two companies continue court filings. The legal battle won't end this year, but there was what? a resolution to at least one part of it. Ooh. A judge has confirmed that Apple can't block Unreal Engine, ah. but that it can maintain a ban on Fortnite. Yeah. Unreal Engine is a tool that many developers use to create the physics and 3D environments that are present in countless games. Uh, as a summary, uh, Apple has a 30% fee on all in-app purchases that happen through Apple Store. Epic Games knew that, but decided to circumvent Apple tax by giving players discounted items if they purchase directly through Fortnite. Apple claimed that this was a breach of contract, which it was. Epic Games in return is suing Apple, claiming that Apple is maintaining an unfair monopoly on app purchases and must allow competition from other apps. One of Apple's first reactions was to ban all Epic Games properties from iOS, Ooh. which included the Unreal Engine itself. Uh, Epic Games then filed a straining order asking the course to allow Unreal Engine to continue to operate. That order was granted until a full hearing could be held, which is what this was. Epic then attempted to force Fortnite's way back onto iOS by requesting an injunction against Apple's ban on Fortnite. The judge ultimately ruled that Apple could maintain its ban on Fortnite, but confirmed that it could not ban Unreal Engine because it would unfairly harm developers who are not part of this fight. Apple's attempt to block any game that used the engine in its development, because the engine is owned by Epic, was ruled once and for all as too overreaching to be allowed to continue. U.S. Judge uh, Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers, who was presiding over the case, said that she is unwilling to tilt the field in favor of either side because of the magnitude and novelty of the case, which will set a precedent for future legal battles. Quote, this matter presents questions at frontier edges of antitrust law in the United States, Rogers said, continuing, simply put, no analogous authority authority exists. The questions and issues raised in this litigation concern novel and innovative business practices in the technology market that have not otherwise been the subject of antitrust litigation, unquote. The outcome of this particular case will be a factor in all future business decision when it comes to app stores of any kind. A trial date has been set for July of 2021.
2: A is for Apple. T is for tax. Cinnamon, toasty, Apple tax. (laughs) You need good app. That's the facts. Started out with Unreal Engine.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of fascinating things that are going into this case. I know that uh, one of the avenues that uh, Epic and some other game producers are are, or I should say, app producers are looking at is the uh, fair licensing fees because there is already laws on the books that say that if you have a you know a certain uh, software piece like a you know a core of a program or something that is used by other developers that if they have to license it the fees have to be reasonable so that uh you know you're not getting into that monopoly territory and that's one of the avenues they're looking at with apple and their fees for using their app stores that 30 percent is pretty high
1: it's it's pretty hefty
0: it's you know when you're typically you know looking at a lot of times you know let's just say from a you know credit card fee standpoint that you know visa and mastercard i think charge like 15 percent or sometimes 10 or more it depends on the the um authorization company but you know you're talking about you know 10% Ten percent of all your transactions that's still a hefty fee for a lot of places that have to accept Visa masterCard et cetera well, that's, why then, so, that's why
1: that's why there's so many credit cards out there yeah because you're not only do the not only do they charge you the percentage of any uh credit that you have open right that you haven't paid back but anything that you charge to it a uh, percentage of that goes to them anyway yeah so yeah they' they're making all the money
0: and so yeah that's one of the things that uh is being proposed as a way to kind of rein in some of these fees because Apple's not the only one that does it. I mean, Google also has some pretty high fees on their. Well, they uh, learned from their Apple app Store. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's essentially the same thing that happens with a lot of large co- corporations. Is that as as long as one is getting away with it, they're going to do the same. You know, instead of competing with by saying, "Well, you're going to do this, I'm going to lower my prices." I'm gonna do the same thing to them as them until I get forced to do a different thing. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. That's why
1: cable companies don't compete?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why yeah. you don't have
1: Cox and Comcast in the same place.
0: Well, it's because you know, decades ago, they convinced the government that uh, in order to be able to recoup all the fees they spent laying all the cables in there, they couldn't have competition. To help drive the prices down. they We have to recoup all the, the fees that we pay for laying all the cable, maintaining the cable, and blah, 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 blah. Which, That's why
1: you charge a licensing fee like Apple does.
0: And now, all these decades later, they're still yeah. using that same excuse for why there can't be competition. For, I mean, you get some limited competition in some cities with different TV services, but it's...
1: No, you get DirecTV, and you get whatever cable company owns that region.
0: Well, we get here we get CenturyLink, Cox, and uh, DirecTV, essentially. Those are like the three. But now they have the the online streaming competitors like YouTube TV, um, Sling, etc. So who knows what's going to happen? Although all of those online streamers are now raising their rates because all of the different um, things that have been filed against them for the retransmission fees... Yeah, you know, they're getting hit with from the networks and now they're like, Well, if I wanna carry A B C networks, C B S networks, I have to pay them X amount, so now I have to raise the price. So now the streamers are starting to be almost <laughs> as expensive as cable and it's like we well, just can't win as the consumer.
1: That's true. <laughs> you can't win. <laughs> you can't get even, you can't get out of the game. Weekend geek. Yup. HBO Max's green-lit 10 episodes of a TV series based on DC's Green Lantern comics. Nice. Dark Shadow screenwriter Seth Graham Smith and Arrow slash Legend of Tomorrow creator Mark Guggenheim will be writing. Greg Berlanti is executive producing. The plot will follow several members of the Green Lantern Corps, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. That's the part
0: of this announcement that I really liked.
1: As in the comics, Scott, who was history's first Green Lantern, will be depicted as a gay man in the show. Cruise and Baz are later additions to the Lanterns, while Scott and Rayner date back to 40s and the 90s. Uh, moreover, more heroes are set to be introduced alongside established favorites like Sinestro and Kilowog. The TV show marks DC's second attempt at a live-action Green Lantern adaptation after the ill-fated film in 2011. In addition, a Green Lantern briefly showed up during a flashback sequence in 2017's Justice League. Yay, Green Lanterns, bring them on, I love them.
0: Yes, I'm very, very pleased with this announcement.
1: Uh, Kay was the one that brought this to my attention when we were playing Gloomhaven the other night. And the first thing out of my mouth was Guy Gardner. They're starting with Guy Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, and when I think about it, if you're not going to have kind of,
0: the, the grand lanterns, if you will. The the mm-hmm. the most known ones. The the John Smith and the... Uh, John Stewart. Stewart, Stewart excuse Al, me. Jordan. John Stewart, Hal Jordan. Jesus, yeah, my a, brain.
1: Mike, make peace. I get it. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> Chris, make peace.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but if you're not going to do those lanterns, Yeah. Who's a better, more interesting antagonist from within the ranks than Guy Gardner?
0: Yeah, because Guy Gardner is kind of an unlikable character for the most part in those stories. And it's like when you read those, those Green Lantern comics, you're like, wow, this is the quote unquote hero I'm supposed to be rooting for. And he's kind of a kind of a dick yeah you just you're like i don't want to root for this guy but at the same time he's the hero of the comic and he's a lantern so i'm like well i guess i kind of have to but Uh, uh, but, yeah it's it's a fascinating take on i never
1: disliked reading guy gardner right i I love when guy gardner's in there right Right. he's a fantastic foil right he's the the reason to read
0: justice league well it's the same thing with like marvel's punisher you know you you know he's an anti-hero you don't Want to root for the guy that's essentially a villain, but since he's the hero of his own story, you know, it makes some really interesting reading material where you're like, "Wow, I can't wait to see what happens next." Although the,
2: so, uh, I mean, really, <clears throat> the hallmark of Guy Gardner was a kind of a humorous approach. Sure. In the uh, the Keith Gibbon uh, JLA, which uh, really was the the high point, I felt of the character that was that. And it was during that time. Like when, uh, I actually got my personal,
0: I was going to say, guy you're, Gordon. you're just, you're just biased because <laughs> yeah. you had Alex <laughs> Ross draw you as guy well, Gardner. It's so funny because at, at, <laughs> Green Lantern. You
2: know, at that time, you know, that was really, that was really fun. But when I, it is I, a
0: really good picture too, folks.
2: I put it up on Facebook. I did have a couple friends. Now this is like, you know, decades later, literally. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why Guy Gardner? Because it's such an established you gotta Just hate pose, Guy. Yeah. you gotta hate Guy Gardner that um it's like why him? And you know, it's kinda hard to explain because he was he was the dick, but he was also always getting his comeuppance and he was also he was trying to do his heroic thing, regardless. So it was sort of right. you know he was he was that kind of character, and and the humor of that sequence of JLA was uh, was actually very very well done, and it was just it was just uh, uh, incredible
1: fun. Yeah, he's he's a character who tries to do the right thing, usually for the right reasons. He's just so socially broken that he just can't get along with people.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, well, I mean it's kind of that same thing you get with uh, Johnny Lawrence in the Cobra Kai series. You know, he's, kind of, he's, yeah, sort of. He's, sorta, he's yes. a broken character, and he wants to, he's he's got to the point where he wants to do the right thing, but he frequently goes about it the wrong way he is a, a and great, doesn't I, understand why he he's not succeeding at what he's doing. The, yeah, perfect.
1: that is a great analogy to Guy Gardner. Yeah, that's
2: very perfect, uh, Chad. Yeah. It's actually now you kind of want to see if uh you know they'll do they'll use him because <laughs> yeah. he'd make a he'd make a great yes he'd yes, he make would. a great guy gardener and
1: he'd, he'd he looks kind of like a guy gardener you know? yeah, so yeah. yeah. if, you,
2: if you play guy gardener is older and really fucking worn out by life oh geez <laughs> you know? yeah he he just yeah yeah that's actually it's it's actually very funny I, I i always remember the uh moment when uh he like gets so pissed off at Batman because Batman is-
1: That's the ultimate moment in the comic, right. period.
2: And he just takes off his ring and he's like, come on, Batman, come on, Batman. It's just you and me. We're, we're just duke it out, duke it out and smack.
1: And it's just one punch from Batman, lays Gardner right the fuck out. <laughs> and, and the rest of the JLA are just, some are laughing, some are aghast. But. Yeah. And but none it, are surprised. Right, <laughs> right. And it's 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 the perfect it's
2: the perfect guy, gets his come up moment. And then of course, it it it's really funny because they kind of leave him there, and then he goes and he bumps his head uh in under the sink yes. and he goes through this period of being super nice.
1: Like like I think like, like it broke his wiring by hitting his yeah, head. <laughs> yeah, you, you know
2: something's wrong because he's reading uh I am not Spock by <laughs> Nimoy. And he's like, I didn't know he was such a poet. And you're suddenly like, What the hell's going on here? And he's broken for a little bit. They actually they actually played that out for a while there. That was it was really and everyone was like, What the hell is the matter with you guy? So it, it 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 was it was just a, it was a great moment. It was a great time. It was a great time. It was funny too, because JLA, it just was not taken seriously. It was just utterly, it, it, for a while there, it was the joke of the DC universe, and but it, was, it was written that way. It was to also, be that way. Yeah, uh, and it was also well. It was. It's funny too because that's almost like what happened to the X Men in the seventies when they had fallen off so badly. Marvel didn't care, right? So Claremont and Cockrum, and later on uh, John Byrne, came along, and all of a sudden this thing about mutants—they went out in space, they fought Dracula. That you know, they just they pulled out all the fucking stops and did whatever the fuck. It's sort of like the end of uh, Enterprise fourth season. It was just like the higher ups don't care, so we're free to do stuff. And JLA as a comic had actually fallen off at that point so badly that um, they brought it in with the the humorous angle and they actually went they went places that you wouldn't have expected and it was like this is the JLA it's f- but it's funny and it's so well done
1: It's like a tamer version of the boys yeah <laughs> yes
2: regard. much much tamer but <laughs> it right. is kind of like that yeah the, the the combination of dysfunction and function and Everything like that. It 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 was just a great time.
1: Actor Clark Middleton has died. Yeah, Middleton's probably most recognizable to TV viewers for his recurring role as Skip Tracer Glenn Carter in NBC's The Blacklist. But Twin Peaks fans will remember him most as the bald bespeckled Charlie in Lynch's 2017 continuation reboot. Middleton also had a recurring role as uh, Edward Markham in J.J. Abrams' sci-fi Fox series Fringe, the owner of a rare collectibles bookstore. Other notable genre shows include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., American Gods, The Path, South of Hell, Gotham, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, Law & Order. And on the big screen, he appeared in Birdman, Snowpiercer, Taking Woodstock, Sin City, and Kill Bill Volume 2. Aside from performing on stages across the country, Middleton was also a writer and director, having written a one-person show, critically acclaimed play called Miracle Mile. He was also a spokesman for the Arthritis
0: Foundation, having lived with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis for over 50 years. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's an amazing actor, uh, instructor. He taught t- acting, um, and all of that while being basically permanently disabled. Um, yeah, he has a very distinct look. You you know him immediately when you see him because he's been in so many things. Yeah, but uh, he's in Sin City. Uh, but just he's he's a fantastic actor and and was able to do that through all that adversity. And uh, in fact, his his Blacklist uh, co co stars were just amazed at uh, just how well he took that role and made it his own. Because it was originally supposed to be like a one-episode role, and they kept bringing him back, kept bringing him back for seven seasons. And uh, yeah, truly a, 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 a big loss.
1: Amblin Television is developing a TV series based on director Akira Kurosawa's classic film Rashomon. And it'll be coming to HBO Max. The series will not be a direct adaptation of the film, but will, quote, retain the key plot device, unquote. It -hmm. is described as, quote, a drama centering around grisly sexual assault and murder and the unraveling mystery seen through multiple characters competing narratives, unquote. The show will be written by Billy Ray, whose most recent credits include Overlord, Captain Phillips and the Comey Rule. Virgil Williams, uh, who did Criminal Minds 24 ER, is also a writer on the show. Producers Frank and Justin McFalvery state, Truth has become increasingly fractured in this age of cable news and social media's say-it-and-its-true culture. Akira Kurosawa's masterpiece was not just a murder mystery, it was a revolution in storytelling, as cinema's most impactful and influential early exploration of subjective points of view and flawed narration. Seventy years after the film's release, the legacy of Rashomon is indisputable and its central themes more relevant than ever. Our series will honor the impact of the original work and explore the age-old concept of objective truth versus subjective perspective in our modern times, unquote.
0: Now, it doesn't say whether it's a limited series. It or, doesn't. Okay, because uh, see, this is, this is where I'm like trying to figure out where I stand on this because the Kurosawa film is incredible. I mean, it just is. And... I could see you maybe stretching it out into a limited series, you know, a la you know Watchmen, you know, six eight episodes in, and then you're done. But making it like a continual series, I don't know how that would work. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: season three. Oh look, here's a seventh person who witnessed the crime. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was I was sleeping in a tree when I heard the woman scream and I saw the samurai.
1: I, I I think that because that makes the most sense, Jeff, I think that's what they'll do. I so I, I hope that's what they it's do. It's HBO Max. They've done sure, they've yeah. done it. Yeah. Uh, so American horror
2: story. Every season, it's a new uh, d- crime where you see everybody's different viewpoint of it.
0: Could? Eh. You know. And that you know did, they will have jumped the sh-
2: and- shark when eventually you get that Milo and Otis season where the dog and <laughs> the cat are just like, they're, 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 they're telling their version of the murder.
1: I would watch that season at a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Rush them
2: on with Milo
1: and Otis. It's a murder in an animal shelter. Yeah. Wow. The, the Banicula season. Goodness gracious.
0: If anybody hasn't seen the Kurosawa film, definitely, definitely check it out. I it's, should check it out sometime. You, you should sh- check you it should. out. You should. I have
2: checked it out. I know you have. I was talking to oh. Todd, but looking at you.
0: Okay. That's why I was like, yeah, why, This why is are you, a podcast. Why are you looking <laughs> at Visuals me? Visuals don't, don't matter. I mean, you've seen it too, right, Kay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, and that, it is, Seven it is, Samurai, I mean, oh, Kurosawa, amazing yeah. film. Yep. Which I, I I had never thought of about it before, but uh, uh, oh, which was the... The Argent, not Argento, the uh, Sergio Leone, was it a uh, few dollars more that uh, he sued because it was so much like like fistful seven, of dollars, fistful of dollars, yeah. fistful of dollars. I couldn't remember if it was fistful or a few dollars yeah. more, but yeah, he <laughs> he sent him a letter praising the the film and then sued him because yeah. it was essentially sure. a west. Well, he he felt it was a western version of his story, but. Uh, my understanding was that it ended up getting dismissed, but uh, um, it's just it is. If you watch the two films like back to back, you will see a lot yeah, of similarities. Yeah. They're
2: they're they're basically the same. So,
0: yeah. um, but two excellent films on in their own rights, of course. Yeah,
2: but uh, Kirsten Trivia. Oh, my uh, first year sophomore year at Northwestern, working crew. One of the crews I worked on was a theatrical adaptation of Rashomon. Interesting. Oh. Yeah.
1: What what were you who were you in the crew?
2: I I it was actually just scenery okay. and prop building. So very cool man. Yeah. It was it one of the complicated parts of it. It's a three quarter thrust stage and we had to make troughs so mm. we could do a rain scene. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was that was something. That was something, you know. College theater, they're they're nutty. They get nutty.
1: And then you can just keep it up, and then just do Singing in the Rain next to get actually get people into the theater.
0: Doing oh, rain, oh, doing wow. rain in stage, true theater joke. <laughs> I mean, I I only have limited experience, but doing rain in any theater production is a nightmare. Yes, yeah. water a in nightmare. theater is a nightmare. Yeah, it was it was it it, it
2: it was literally troughs. Yeah, so we literally had the the, the stage three quarters the troughs around and then the rain just went down you know so it was sort of like when they filmed fake rain scenes yeah where you can you know you might see the rain in front of them you might see it behind them but
3: it's <laughs> not on them
2: and you know so it was it sort of worked like that so this but it was uh, it was really neat it was really 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 inventive and and very very interesting it um, actually also made me remember something and then I told the trivia, and I forgot it. oh so Something else I saw, and I saw. And I
1: saw, and I saw. What did you see? We were talking
2: ta- about. The table went into half. We were talking about a few dollars more. Two halves made a hole. Uh, and seven and, samurai. Uh, and I crawled out the
0: hole. Sergio Leone. You, you, you're a
2: fucker, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, fuck not. What the hell was it? I saw something, Jeff. God damn it. And it was it's like it's something like what the hell? Ah shit. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah, I mean I might remember it when Todd shuts up.
1: Ah, oh, that's not gonna happen.
2: Yeah, rain but.
0: rain in any kind of scripted setting is is, it about rain? is tough because I when when we uh when we shot on sixteen millimeter, you had to have the, the they called them the rain birds because Regular sized rain does not show up at all on 16 millimeters. So all your classic films, when you go back and look at those, when you see rain and you actually see raindrops falling, those things are massive drops. Like, you know, if you're not careful, if if you're controlling the water flow, you'll get raindrops that'll hurt you when it hits you because they have to be so large to show up on, on film. It's a, It's a fascinating thing. Uh, actually, the Universal Backlot Tour has a good uh, representation of it, the flood scene, where they show the, the, the rain spouts going, and that's the big, fat raindrops. They're literally what you have to have to, to, for it to show up on film. Video's not as hard these days, because they've got enough detail you can see it, but uh, yeah, fun times.
1: What ball did you fluff? Write to us, comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo.
0: Eighties Jeff, huh?
1: And we'll talk to you <laughs> next week in Geek.
0: God damn it! Still,
1: what? It reminds me of, of a, the most unfair riddle that I, I'd ever come across. So much so that w- when I found out the answer, I was both saying, "Well, that's no one could figure that out," and two, and that's kind of brilliant. It, it, the, the answer is a, it's a surrealist joke, oh, okay. if you will. And, and it's a riddle, not a joke. So so it, it established like this. You are in a room. There are no windows, no doors. In the room, there is a mirror on the wall and a table. How do you get out? You, you're you not going to come up with it. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, oh, it's my. like I,
0: I wouldn't even know where to go with that one.
1: Yeah, the... How you get out of this room is you look in the mirror to see what you saw. You take the saw, you saw the table in half, take the two halves to make a hole, and you crawl out the hole. Oh yeah. You know. That as sounds, you that would. sounds like true. a surrealist, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, but I will say it opened my mind to a whole set of riddles that I never knew existed. A
2: hole? Uh.
1: Ah.
2: How many surrealists does it take to screw in a light bulb? How no many K fish.
1: Riddle be this.